0: Trust no one. Hello and welcome to Lost in Sci-Fi and Fantasy. I'm your host Leo and today we are talking about Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Uh, so this game is another one of the uh, <laughs> games that I talked about previously on rpg hangout and i have now recently platinumed and would like to talk about it so overall it's a fun game of course i mean it, it's uh, gotten enough praise and you know love around it to have justified a sequel that comes out relatively soon uh when the time this episode comes out <laughs> and i would say absolutely justified it is really good uh, it has issues, of course, but we'll get into those later. Starting off, though, with a little quick story recap, you play as Cal Kestis, a former Padawan who is hiding out on the planet of uh, The It's a scrapping planet because Star Wars loves its single-use planets, so, you know, Braca is the junk planet. Everyone dumps their shit there. And, you know... It works out for them. Uh, He is currently working on dismantling a Venator-class Star Destroyer while, you know, also trying to dismantle his barriers between him and his co-workers. But things don't go quite as planned as a workplace accident uh, threatens the life of his kind of closest friend at this scrapyard and he is forced to dive into action and use the force to save him. But, in doing so, he has uh, alerted the Inquisitorius, and they very quickly come to find him. Like, it's almost instantaneous. Of course, you see the little, um, I think it's a probe droid that's just kind of watching, and it notices what happens. So, they get alerted quite fast, but they show up, like, the same day. It's insane how fast they get there uh his friend takes a stand and falls for that uh causing cal to kind of reveal his his self more blatantly because he just kind of carries his lightsaber with him supposedly uh but he is then quickly rescued by seer and Grease. these two help him uh to escape and spirit him away to the planet of bogano where they enlist his help to try and find her former master's um, pet project, which is a holocron that classifies, or that um, has a huge list of Force-sensitive children. And she wants your help to get this list so that they can try to kind of resuscitate the Jedi Order. But they run into some issues along the way. Firstly, uh, they're told by a hologram in a bd unit of the guy cord cordova to pretty much go to the planet zepho to pretty much learn about the zepho gotta love a planet that's named the same as the people (laughs) so you do so you go there you dig through a temple all the while relearning force abilities like well on Begana you learn wall running on zepho you learn um force push and then eventually when you come back you learn... No, on Kashyyyk you learn Forceball. Anyway, you go on a grand journey around these planets following this kind of treasure hunt left by Cordova. And all the while, you're being chased by the Inquisitors. Specifically, the Second Sister and the Ninth Sister. They are hot on your heels most of the time. And then there's also like a, a bit of a, a side-ish quest... That becomes the main-ish quest on Dathomir that we'll get into a little bit later. Anyway, you journey across these planets, creating shortcuts and, you know, doubling back, going from planet back to a different planet, to a new planet. (laughs) You know, hopping around the galaxy, just trying to find this holocron and how to get it. Eventually, you're given the lead of, uh, you need to go to Kashyyyk. You know, you need to talk to... The chieftain Tarful, uh, and he'll he'll help you out, and he sends you up the tree eventually to figure out what was up there, and it turns out it was an astralope. But Cordova took that one, so it it doesn't help you. So then you have to go and get the one on Dathomir. And that's where Dathomir kind of resurfaces after it's introduced to you very early on in the game. You go get that astralope, and then you go get the cube after you've secured the cube you uh you, you lose it immediately <laughs> sorry my brain is uh flying all over the place currently <laughs> i'm trying to explain it a little too fast so I'll, I'll slow down a bit yeah then you go into the end game fight the final boss and boom you get the cube and decisions are made so now let's kind of go a little bit in, into more depth with each kind of area and uh how i feel about them and from here on, it will definitely be full spoilers, uh, including, like, twists and whatnot. The game's been out for quite a while now. Like, literally the sequel comes out in a couple of months, if not a month from now. We'll see when I post this. It comes out relatively soon. But again, the the gameplay is quite fun. It has a similar issue as a lot of games nowadays, uh, where, like, you you can't quite... I, I, I like a game that kind of has... um. Move canceling, where you can more easily kind of, say, block and whatnot. It's, once again, a game that's not quite for that. But, of course, it is a bit of a Dark souls e game. Except for one that actually does have difficulty uh, levels. And the Platinum does not require you to play it on the hardest difficulty. So, that's nice. <laughs> it's a nice little change of pace. Uh, uh, let's see. I... I played it when it first came out. I actually pre-ordered it, and it's one of the kind of last games that I pre-ordered physically and, you know, went to get. One one of the last ones, but not the last one, per se. Uh, and it it worked fine. Uh, on the original PS4 edition, I ran into a lot of issues with it. Um, audio glitches and whatnot. It, it was a pain in the ass. Because, for example... When you go to Kashik, which is the third planet you go to uh, in search for Tarful, there's cutscenes that come in, and the end cutscene of that area where because you you're introduced to Sagrera and whatnot in this area, and when you get to the end of the first time you have to go through this area, you know you've helped them take the refinery and whatnot. One of the Wookiees and human friend state that they are going to you know stay behind. You know, make sure that things are okay, and they will look for Tarful uh, while you're gone. You're like, cool. And then you fuck off, I think, back to Zepho. Yeah, at least for the time being. And you... The cutscene, for me, just, like, had a weird freeze, and then the audio completely desynced. It was very annoying. But, of course, this is around kind of... Because my PS4, while still technically functioning, is technically in its death throes. But I I completed it recently and platinumed it on PS5. It is much better. It still has the odd visual glitch here and there, but it's not too bad. Anywho, some story things that I'm not a big fan of. Like, I'm, for the most part, I enjoy the story. It's really interesting. He does kind of hop on board with the mission a little bit fast. Like, he's a bit distrusting at first, but goes along with it. Um, but then he's, he's like, gung-ho. Like, the minute he finds uh, BD-1 and starts kind of getting into the Cordova stuff, he's just, like, he's sold. He's in. <laughs> I'll, I'll do all the planet running for you guys. Yeah, that's fine. He's 100% sold. So that's a little bit of a iffy thing, but of course he also doesn't have much to, else to do. He, he has literally nothing else to do. <laughs> so he, he joins pretty fast, and immediately after you're told to go to Zepho on Bogano, uh, on your way back, you come across a scannable thing that tells you, ah, go to Dathomir. And then you're kind of given the choice. Go to ZephO, or go to Dathomir. If you choose to go to Dathomir, you will get... I want to say... Well, technically you get about half-ish way through, and you're kind of, you know, stopped and turned around, and they say, fuck off. (laughs) Because when you go, uh, you go through this kind of opening area, work your way around... And then you pop out uh, near this, like, broken bridge. And you jump over to a guy who's just standing there. And he tells you, yeah, you don't want to go to the temple. Don't, don't do that. It's a bad idea. Uh, and he, then he just kind of fucks off. <laughs> then you um, you can't proceed that way because you don't have a double jump. So you have to turn around and leave. Though it is the earliest place that you can get a double, the double-bladed lightsaber. So it might be worth it for that, because it is, again, the earliest place you can do it. Um, but other than that, it's not worth it. It's best to just come later when you're supposed to. I don't really know why they give you the option. Because nothing much story-wise happens. In fact... If you do it in the broken up way, because I when I first played it, I decided to hop over to Dathomir just to see what was happening, and was kind of disappointed because you you get stopped. Like it's not even like a story. Like hey, uh, you know, hey, you have to go this way or anything. It's just you literally don't have the ability to proceed. Whoops. Uh, and like again, the story—you meet uh, Marin, who is mad at you. She's angry, and you go around, and she's just throwing stuff at you, talking at you, and then you leave <laughs> because you can't proceed. It's it's a bit annoying, but then you go to ZephO, and you go and explore a temple guarded by goats hate those goats when i was playing it originally it took me ages to get through the goats Uh, and when i first got it for ps5 because i think it was like a it was either a free upgrade or like a a certain dollar amount uh upgrade i think it was free but regardless i upgraded and got it downloaded it and uh so I, I was like, oh, you know, I'll play it on, like, the, the Grandmaster or Jedi Master mode just to just to do that. And I, I got to the goats and got stuck because those goats are brutal. And then even if I got past the goats, which I did a few times, I was actually, you know, getting in the flow of things, uh, then you enter the temple and the temple is full of those little, these, like, exploding thorn sacks. And... You have to, like, pretty much jump on these platforms right next to them, and on higher difficulties, those things have a hair trigger. You breathe on them, they explode. It, it's so, no, mm, no bueno. I did not, I did not like it, so I decided, uh, difficulty can go right down, because I don't care. The game doesn't require it, and I've already beaten the game once on a higher difficulty than what I chose to finish this playthrough on. I played it on story mode, which makes enemies, most enemies, uh, die at a breath. And I was happy with that. (laughs) Because it's a fun story, and I was mostly using it to, uh, well, get through podcasts. Because I love to listen to a, a jaunty little podcast while I play games. Uh, this of course, being Star Wars, it technically falls within the sci-fantasy genre. That At least that's what people like to call it's It's sci-fantasy. Or sci-fi fantasy. It's not quite sci-fi. It's not quite fantasy. Um, and so, you know... The technology is you know, Star Wars stuff. It's all Star Wars stuff. Except for uh, there's a nice semi-environmental message throughout the game i guess you could say because the empire being the empire they do sure love their mining and just about every planet you go to except for bogano has some sort of like mining operation on it Zepho they have these big things in the side of the mountain just like slamming into it Uh, Kashyyyk, they have these gigantic saws. Uh, Dathomir, they're not on. So Dathomir joins Begano in not really having anything. Uh, What's the other planets? Jeez, I'm drawing a bit of a blank. Uh, Ilum, down down the line, um, has less influence, like less stuff, but you do get to see a big old trench. Um, again, I'm just trying to figure out what planets you go to. You go, Bagano's Fokashik, Dathamir. and those are the four main ones. And yeah, okay, Nur. Uh, yeah, <laughs> just trying to run through the, the sequences in my m- mind. It is really cool to see that stuff. Um, As for where it places in the Star Wars timeline, that's a bit more tricky. I think it's like... I think it's like four years? Four or five years after Revenge of the Sith. I think. Because he's still like a a smooth-faced baby boy. In this, and in the next one he has a beard. So, I'm guessing like that. Like he's, in the flashbacks he's like 14-ish, maybe, maybe less. Maybe 13. And in this he's like teenager to young adult age. So I'm trying to, because I remember looking it up ages ago and it it was like it's like five or six years it's not too much because the next game is set like around the same time as Kenobi which is ten years after Revenge of the Sith so I'm going to say I'm going to say it's like five years this one's five years after and then it's like another five years down the line for the next game I think. I can't be 100% sure. Um, And it's... It's not... Too bad for the era. Like, it's kind of nice to see... Like... Explore the Empire era. But the, the problem is this era is getting... A little bit too much... Exposure. In Star Wars media. Like it's again. It's not bad. It's just a lot, because <laughs> we have, let's see, we have the Bad Batch, Kenobi, um, Jedi Fallen Order, Jedi Survivor, uh, the Jedi uh, Survivor spinoff prequel book, um, Battle Scars. We have Andor. We have a lot. There's a lot, and we're at, oh, rebels. Can't forget rebels. Yeah, we've explored this period between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope a lot. It is nice, again, to see, like, the Empire gaining control, the Empire in full control, and the Empire starting to lose control. It's cool. But, at the same time, it's a bit annoying Because there's other areas that people would like to see explored. Uh, Specifically the in-between Empire and uh, Return of the Jedi. That's very untouched. In fact, one of the only bits of media to touch that uh, area uh, isn't canon anymore. (laughs) Uh, Shadows of the Empire. Which was the multimedia... uh, Extravaganza. Everything but a movie. Or, you know, visual media. We'll do games. We'll do books. We'll do comics. but We're not doing a show. We're not doing a movie. No. (laughs) But it it would be kind of nice to see a bit more out. Out of this area. More before, more after, maybe. As it is, we are getting quite a bit of after. To be fair, we you know with the Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett, Ahsoka, all coming in, and we're getting we're finally getting some before with um, the acolyte. They they finally sort of relented on their thing when talking about the High Republic because with the High Republic they were pretty much doing a similar thing as they were with uh, what you call it. I literally just said it. Shadow of the Empire? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Is that it? I'm going to say it is. Uh, my brain's broken today. I'm, I've been having trouble just even, like, reading. Focusing on reading. I don't know why. Um, but, anywho. <laughs> yeah, so... They're doing a similar thing there where they were only going to do, like, books and comics. But, uh, with the announcement of the Acolyte, even though it is the tail end of the High Republic era, um, it's still set there and we get to see something that's nice. You know, visual stuff that's a little bit more accessible to people is nice. Uh, So I, I very much look forward to that whenever it comes out. Uh, and we also don't have a whole lot of media besides books exploring more of the Republic era. You know? There's a lot of people that, you know, look at. Uh... Come on. There we go. Look at the Republic era with, like, uh, Qui Gon Jinn and whatnot, and they want some more. And we have gotten some more in the form of books. We've had. The um, Queen's series, with the Queen's Peril, Queen's Shadow, Queen's Hope, um, that's following Padme. Then we've had the uh, the Master and Apprentice book, the Brotherhood book, exploring, um, you know, separately, uh, the relationship between Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon, and Obi-Wan and Anakin. So... There there's some you know stuff there, but it would be kinda of cool to see an Andor-esque series um following someone during the Clone Wars. You know, something more to the ground Clone Wars wise. That would be cool. It'd be kind of cool to see you know, something set later. But yeah, you that know, this is a bit of a tangent. I'm gonna <laughs> We're here for Jedi Fallen Order, and we'll get back on track. <laughs> Anyway, this game, uh, actually did something slightly different in not having a tie-in book tied to it. Uh, like Battlefront did when it came out. Both Battlefronts, actually. Battlefront 1 had Twilight Company tied to it, which was in lieu of the story mode, I guess. I have not actually read Twilight Company yet. I have it, I just have not read it. (laughs) I really should. (laughs) Uh... And Battlefront 2 had Inferno Squad, which was a prequel, introduced you to the Inferno Squad and whatnot. This game didn't have that, which is nice. It means that you don't have to do anything. But sadly, the second one, as I said earlier, does have one. And it's released annoyingly close to the game. So, yeah, that's going to be fun. Because it releases... So the book releases March 7th, and the game releases March 17th. So you got 10 days to read the book uh, before the game comes out. And I'm not a fast reader. Uh, For example, uh, when I started this podcast, (laughs) uh, I I was reading Around the World in 80 Days, and I had finished it uh, by the 6th episode. And then I started reading um, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. And I've been reading 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea since the sixth episode. (laughs) That's part, that's one of the many reasons why there's been such a massive delay in episodes. Um, And hopefully this one will have, you know, been part of a nice flow that continues on forward for a while. You know... (laughs) we'll see anyway uh gameplay gameplay with Jedi Fallen Order is fairly smooth like you, you get your upgrades and whatnot you you kill enemies to get skill points and use those skill points to buy upgrades um if you get killed you have to go back to the enemy that killed you and regain your you know skill points or skill points and health uh, when you kill them and you know it's a fine system it works uh the only major complaint i have to say is it's fine when you're just playing the game but when you're trying to complete the game Like I recently did. I need more. I need more. (laughs) So the exploration is fun when you're, uh, what I'm talking about is the exploration. It's fun when you are doing it. You know, you have enemies to fight. You're, you know, forging that path. And you're you're working your way through nicely, it's fun. But when you're trying to complete it, like some of the, some of the trophies are fine, they're very easy. Uh, you'll you'll get them as you explore and whatnot. It's it's fine. But the things like complete BD's BD one's map isn't as straightforward as it would seem. You would think that it's just you know explore everywhere, and then you are done. No. <laughs> You you have to explore everywhere, collect everything, and then the map is complete. It, so, hmm. and when you have to travel all the way across the map, sometimes multiple times, to try to complete this, you know, percentile mission, um, it can be a bolic, and the map only tells you of two of the collectibles it does not tell you of the rest. (laughs) So it tells you of chests and secrets. And you'd think that that would cover just about everything. But what it does not cover is force echoes. The the non-important force echoes, because there's two types of force echoes. The ones that are classified as secrets, the ones that give you increased force and increased health as you collect them, kind of similar to the um, the Gorgon eyes in God of War, like the old God of Wars, kind of like those. But the other Force Echoes, the ones that just give you little tidbits of like what was going on in that area, those ones aren't tracked, except for in the completion percentile. And depending on the area, depends on how much... It actually contributes to the completion percentile. So, for example, if an area has, say, a chest and a secret, plus you also have to uncover the area, uh, you'll end up walking through that area and you'll end up with maybe to 95 percent completed. But you're missing the non-tracked force echoes, so you have to pretty much slap yourself around the area just trying to figure out where the things are (laughs) like when when I was on Kashyyyk trying to complete the game I was wandering around and I was like okay how why isn't the percentage of this finished I have all the chests I have all the secrets where are the things and I was I got very lucky because I was in the perfect area for it I looked down, because I I saw that there was one of the turbines kind of under me, and it wasn't doing anything, and I looked down, and there's a Wookiee on it, I'm like, okay, and I was about to leave, but then I was like, wait, and I hopped down and saw, yeah, there's a force echo on the Wookiee, so you you get the Wookiee, and it it tells you the story of what happened to the Wookiee, and then, while I was on the turbine, I was looking around, I was like, okay, um, where else? (laughs) And it just so happened that it was the other force echo was also in that area because I look across the way and there is like a climbable bit and a different climbable bit that I hadn't been to yet, at least that I didn't know of. And I, I went over and yes, because you have to double jump to get to that area, I definitely hadn't been there. So I double jump on there, climb it and get the force echo and you know, complete. Yay but there's one force echo that everybody had trouble with at least like if you look on reddit it it was a a big problem for a lot of people and it is in the venator ruins specifically the broken wing section because you know you can explore the main venator which i didn't know <laughs> And then there's like a broken off wing section that has like a a conference table in it that you can look at. It's fun, I guess. But you go you go through and you know there's a turbine that's not on. There's a beastie in in the turbine area or in the fan area, I guess, it is what it would be called. And you kill it, you go through, you fall down. And then you're in this, like, little weird flooded turbine room. Yeah. Kill the creatures there. Power the doors so that you can go through. Go across the water. Into an adjacent kind of turbine area. Turn off the power. Go across. Cut the cable. Come back. (laughs) Repower the thing to open the door across now there is a chest um i think there's only one chest in this area and it's underwater then there's some force echoes here and there and i believe a secret uh and i got those but it was constantly reading like 90 92 percent and i just didn't know. like I kept I've went through that area like three or four times and I'll tell you that these areas do not like being explored more than once because visual glitches start to increase uh, the more you explore an area for some reason it's weird especially this area because if you go in at the bottom where the hologram table is, uh, it's pitch black for some reason. In, at least in my game, it was just pitch black, and I don't know why. But if you approach it from the top, there's a red light. So it, it changes depending on how you enter it. It's annoying. Uh, so I wasn't sure if it, I had just glitched it out. Like, oh, you know, something happened, and when I activated the the table, it you know glitched out, and now it won't work. Oh, well. But no, it's that there is a force echo in the turbine room. And you have to uh, either freeze the turbine as it's spinning. Or you have to uh, turn off the power at the right time and jump on it and get it. That was the last thing I had to do. Because at the same time, like I was like, oh, maybe it's just a glitch. And I had left Zepho. And Zepho on my, like, map and everything, had said it was explored, completed, and done. It wasn't. (laughs) But, to be fair, it was registering a percentage less than 1% of the total planet, so it it just, like, got lazy and marked it explored. That's fine, but very annoying when (laughs) I was about to grab the final trophy, because I had three trophies left at the end, They were, collect all the chests and whatnot, complete the map, and then the platinum. And I was expecting that once I got this last chest and opened the door, it was going to say complete. It did not. (laughs) I collect the chest, open the door, and I get the collect all the chests and whatnot, um, trophy, but not the map one, so... My mind immediately went, Zepho. So I go back, and as I'm kind of messing about, running up against walls to see if, like, BD wants to scan something, or there's a force echo prompt or something, um, I notice as the turbine turns that there's a little opening on it. And I'm like, oh, it's in the turbine with the cutout. And the thing is, I when I first explored that area, I figured that there was something to do with the turbine. I thought it was like going to be an underwater chest and like a little pocket under, because there's a pie slice like taken out of this turbine, or a quarter taken out of the turbine wheel. And you, you know, you kind of expect, oh, you know, you have to turn it to the right area and then you go through under it. I wasn't expecting there to be a hole in the wall of the turbine area. I was like, okay, sure that sure so I I get it before I even get the force echo I get the trophy uh, because it only wanted me to, to go to the area you don't actually have to collect all of the force echoes if you don't want to but you're there you're going to collect it in a lot of cases you kind of have to collect it for some reason it's weird it, <laughs> it it's very confusing as to when you do and don't have to collect the thing for it to count as you having been there, but most of the time, it, it's a force echo. That's the problem, and very annoying. And the worst world for this is ZephO because it has like two huge ass temples to explore in it, and a whole huge planet that has like massively varied areas. the The number of times I've confused ZephO and Kashyyyk just because of how much like variation is on zepho is insane <laughs> cuz Cause i cuz cause, cause refinery and zepho's like imperial base or whatever are very similar when you run across them constantly so it just kind of blurs together and gets very annoying overall again it, 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 the game's great just completing it can be a bit of a ball ache. Again, there's not that many collectibles and whatnot. It's just the traversal of having to run absolutely everywhere sucks. And the map could have maybe highlighted like special things. Like, say you come across a chest that you can't get right now. There's a lot of those. Because until you get your um, little leg thing, you can't open certain chests. So... You have to you have to come back, and it would have been kind of nice if, say the map just did that for you and while I thought it was super cute that uh b d one is essentially your map because you know as long as you're standing on dry land, he'll like project the map and whatnot, and it's cool what's not cool is. Whenever I wanted to check the map to see if I was going the right way in certain times, like say I was in water, it didn't work because, well, BD1 can't exactly project into the water. You have to be standing on dry land. And the number of times near the end when I had to constantly be rechecking the map that I would check the map and get attacked, I was not happy about. (laughs) It got very annoying near the end there with the map and some improvements I would like to hopefully see in the sequel are you know chests things get marked on the map that would be nice just some things besides where you need to go cause it it's happy to tell you that you need to go a million miles away that's fine but just like hey there's a chest in this area find it cool that would work I would like that please (laughs) Instead of, because all the map really highlights that it's still technically useful. It technically tells you, like, oh, there might be a chest here. It doesn't tell you about the ones that you've already, you know, passed and, you know, had, just didn't have the ability to open yet. It doesn't tell you about those. But um, if there's an area that previously needed an ability to get to uh, that's just there, it will be like, hey. Uh, you can now use this. You can now go here, and you can go cool, and go over there and fight a bug or um, find an echo, or open a chest. That's cool. I like that. Keep that. Uh, Maybe use better colors uh, for certain things because while initially, uh, most things are just you know red or green. Like you can't pass here. And you can pass here. Uh, It gets kind of hard to distinguish between the red and the yellow. Because there's some doors that instead of being red, like, oh, you can't go past here yet. They turn yellow. As in, uh, you haven't gone this way yet. You haven't explored over here. And there's... It'll also throw random, like, yellow bars. Just if you haven't touched a corner of a map sometimes. Which doesn't work (laughs) it's a bit silly because like uh on Kashyyyk there was an area that was completely explored I had all the chests and all the echoes and whatnot it was done but it still had like a yellow thing on it and it was just the corner of the zip line (laughs) that it just assumed was like a path but it wasn't why it highlighted it I have no clue yeah, I uh, the Platinum experience wasn't too bad. It It's one of those ones where you look at what you have to do and you go, <sighs> but you forge ahead. I would say from, let's see, what was it? My decision to Platinum it came fairly early. From when I picked it up, again, I was on... Kashyyyk, I believe, and I was, I I needed to work my way through, it took me, uh, I mean, according to my uh, profile, from start to end, it took me 30 hours to platinum the game. You know, not bad, not terrible, um, I decided to, like, fully dive into the having to, (laughs) go through and clear out the the worlds uh, yesterday and I finished it today. it took me uh, let's see I started it I'd say around noonish yesterday and I then played it for six hours I would say. Just to be on the safe side, let's say six hours. Then, I, today, picked it up to finish it off. And that took me an additional two and a half hours, I want to say. Again, not bad. Two and a half hours to get through and beat the, get the Platinum. That's not bad. But, yeah, overall, it, so that would be six, seven, eight, about eight and a half hours. And that's just, so I had completed the game. I, like, I finished the game, beat the final boss, fleed from Vader, and then, boom. It was done. I hopped back in and then went through starting to clean up the worlds and the cleaning up the, of the worlds is the the longest one the one that took me the longest to do was zepho because zepho had so many like nooks and crannies it, it is again the biggest of the planets and that one took me the longest then i followed it up with Bogano because Bogano's small, easy, tiny, n- not hard. good good to do. <laughs> so i went through Bogano and cleaned it up. and then i figured okay now I'll touch up Dathomir, because Dathomir, I, I had very few on Dathomir to get. The only issue was that you have to go down into the swamp on Dathomir, and that's far. Uh, And, yeah, it, it gets a bit rough down there. But, again, it wasn't too bad. I got Dathomir done, and then I saved, uh, what was it, Kashik? Because I had to go up the fucking origin tree and Ilum for last. But I had also left that tiny bit on Zepho because I thought, oh, you know, the game will recognize it. It didn't. Oh well. <laughs> Anywho, uh, this episode's getting a little bit long, but I do want to touch on a few final points before we go the characters. Overall, they're pretty good. You know, Grease being the kind of Han Solo-y, you know, gets-into-gambling-trouble guy. He's fun. He's nice, fun. You know, the kind of gruff but gruff exterior but soft to, at the core kind of guy. He's fun. Seer is okay. I mean, she's, you know, a nice person. But when you first meet her, it's very weird <laughs> Cause she immediately sees you, and she's like, "Here's all of my baggage. Please, please do this for me." <laughs> and you know, to be fair, Cal goes like, "Sure, why not? That's okay." And you know, she gets better. You know, the, se- the secret that uh, uh, the second sister is her former Padawan, and. She had accident. Well, not accidentally. She ratted out her Padawan. The, the thing that's a bit awkward is... Like, she admits fully to having ratted out her Padawan to survive. And then pretty much just goes, I, I do feel bad about it. <laughs> it's like, okay. Cool, I guess. But you still ratted out your Padawan. <laughs> like... And the thing is, that's not where the conflict necessarily comes from. The conflict between her and Cal during that part is the fact that she turned to the dark side. Uh, or She pulled and relied upon dark side powers in order to escape. And that's where that conflict comes in. And Cal gets over it a bit, but he does eventually, you know fully get over it when he uh, gets a hold of the second sister's lightsaber and, you know, gets a full understanding of what they experienced. Which, yeah. (laughs) And something that was also interesting about that is the second sister, she was routed out, didn't think to leave. Like, the whole point about what her master, Seer, had done was that she had was trying to distract them, lead them away. Well, you know, to keep them safe. And she just stayed there, I guess. (laughs) She didn't try to leave or anything. No clue what happened to the the youngling that they, they were keeping an eye on. Nothing. No explanation. Though, um, seeing as her Padawan turned very fast, I can only assume not great things. Because her Padawan... They don't give much of a timeline there, because it's pretty much suggested that she was captured, gives up her Padawan's location, and then she's captured, tortured turns relatively fast and then comes in to her master and just puts on a helmet in which her master then freaks out draws upon the dark side kind of and leaves the dark side that she uses isn't exactly much she she just kind of Darth Vader's you know uh, end of Revenge of the Sith where he like crushes everything around him she kind of does that, and then just books it, like scurries off. But yeah, so there, there's that. Again, there's that. It, it's a bit annoying, the fact that they they sit around and do nothing while you hang out. The only time that they actually do something. There's only one character in the game that actually assists you during anything. And then there's one time that Marin. Sorry, not Marin. um, Seer and Grease do anything to help you, and that's when they fly into the Bounty Hunter's Rock and uh, help get you out. That's the only time that they ever. Well, and, you know, of course, at the beginning of the game, when they save you. But other than that, they just hang out at the ship while you go running around. (laughs) Oh, oh, I scratched that. Technically. Uh, Seer and Saw do, like, background helping, where, like, they're in a scene elsewhere running about. Like, they'll run across a window every so often, but other than that, nothing. Uh, the only character to actually participate and help you in a battle is Marin. She helps you fight the boss on, the main boss on Dathomir, uh... What's his name? It's like Miklos Talos or something like that. Who is a Jedi who crash landed on Dathomir during the Purge. Um, decided, ah, the dark side sounds good. And gaslighting also sounds fun. So he gaslights Marin into believing that the Jedi are the ones who killed all of the Night Sisters. And she believes him. <laughs> She's just like, oh yeah, that makes sense. I saw a guy with lightsabers uh, kill everyone. So I, I I see that. And goes with it. And swears revenge against the Jedi. Until she meets Cal, who seems like a cool guy. So, obviously, the other guy's probably wrong. <laughs> it takes a lot of convincing from Cal, of course. Uh, you don't actually get her on your side until the second, or third, if you went the first time, uh, time on Dathomir. Uh, which is at the very end of the game. And then she joins the the background characters just chilling on the couch, or standing two feet from the ship. <laughs> to which, uh, when you're completing the game, it's nice, because you can you know, talk to her on each of the planets, and they'll, you'll have a little dialogue about how it's a bit different, and... You know, oh, what happened there? Oh, you tamed a fucking bird here? Cool. <laughs> like, other than that, she's just there. And the big, her big contribution in the end game is she helps disguise the ship from Imperial sensors when you go to the castle in Inquisitorius. The um. Or is it Fort Inquisitoris? The training ground for the Inquisitors. And torture ground for the Jedi. Which, I believe this is where it's kind of first visually seen. Like, you you see it, I think, in the comics for a bit, but not a whole lot. Anywho. (laughs) But, yeah, I mean... you you explore that seer joins you there but she she doesn't do much again she she just she's she's just there <laughs> and it's all cutscenes. so it's kind of hard to get fully attached to the characters except for you know cal who's the one doing everything the big question for the sequel though is what happened to everyone because in the trailers for the game uh there's no sign of grease anywhere um, we we're on his ship and it crashes on some like deserty ish planet um, we see seer who has you know decided to become like a librarian or something like she, she's shaved her head fully and is just hanging out somewhere <laughs> and the thing is I don't know if the book Will fully explore it because I, I don't know if the book wants to to spoil that stuff yet, or if they're going to wait until the game to show what happened in like flashbacks. Because a big thing of this game is flashbacks. That's another thing as well. Being a sequel, what's it going to do about the powers you've already learned? Will it make them into your defaults? Which some games tend to do. Or will it get rid of them? Somehow. Because the, the, the thing is. <laughs> this game did it perfectly. And also slightly flawed. In the fact that it is completely tied to story. He cut himself off from the force to keep himself safe. And throughout the journey has to slowly unlock the abilities. Has he once again locked himself off from the Force and has to regain them again? If so, a bit annoying. The thing that makes it kind of flawed tying it directly to story is, one, makes it a bit difficult for the sequel to figure out how you're going to do it. Is it going to be new abilities? Will he already have the abilities to start with? Who knows? Two, it makes it really annoying for New Game Plus. Some of the fun of most New Game Pluses is that you go in Fully upgraded. Or at least, you know, mostly upgraded. And you can just wreck house. It's what makes some of the hardest difficulties bearable. For example, like Spider-Man Miles Morales, that game requires you to do a new game plus and an ultimate uh, difficulty level. Uh, Would be completely annoying if I had to do that without all of the abilities unlocked. And sadly with this game, you'd, you have to do it with them completely locked, it's, it's kind of annoying, <laughs> uh, but, yeah. yeah, 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 I'm, I'm looking forward to the sequel, I do intend to read the book first, and I'll probably do an episode on the book, maybe, I forgot to say, would I recommend, uh, the game? Absolutely, it's, it's a, it's a ball, it, it's a great time, if you like Dark Soulsy stuff, um, play it on Grandmaster mode, and, Bash your head through that wall. Have a have a have a good old time. If you want some really difficult bosses that get really annoying because they stun lock you, have a good good old time. They, they get super annoying even on the easier difficulties because they'll just keep knocking you down until you get like the stronger abilities that just kill them in almost one hit. It's fun. <laughs> uh, but anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. I will see you guys later. Goodbye.